And my main character. I am the main character train. Yes, thank you, Wayne. Um, but join us for our final episode next week of this season and this year. Catch you on the next Friday Night Rewind. Hello, I'm Corey. Am I and supposed I'm to introduce you because you have your mouth full? Typically, when we do these, you're eating already. So I had to bring some yeah. food for this time. Well, what do you have? Is it oatmeal? What is that? It's the most opposite of an oatmeal you can get. No, it is sweet potato curry. <laughs> How is that the opposite of oatmeal? How is it not? I don't know, but I don't think of that as the opposite. I don't know what I would think of as the opposite of oatmeal, to be honest with you. This has some spice to it. It's rice. It's got sweet potatoes in it. You're telling me that's likened to oatmeal. I think not. So here's my question. Did you make it yourself? I've made it before, but this particular batch I stole from a batch my sister made. I scooped a, a spoon oh. in here. So somebody did make it at home. It wasn't like a... Oh, no, it's not like a frozen thing, no. That's impressive. I'm impressed. A house of chefs. <laughs> not really. Welcome to our final episode of the Prep and Landing series, where we have been discussing Prep and Landing. So as we have talked about in the last two episodes, Prep and Landing originated in 2009 and was a mini-series that went on for the next couple of years. We did our first episode. We did our two middle shortest episodes. Now we are on to our fourth and final episode of the series. This one was released on December 5th of 2011 in is currently the final episode of the season. But as I mentioned in the first episode, they did allegedly start a fifth episode, but it has never been released. We should probably start a petition to get Disney to make and release the fifth one. Okay. And wait, let's let's rewind it back a little bit here. I teased the first episode that I had a little bit of a theory as to why it may have died. Also, oh, you know what we forgot to do? To open with the jokes. We gotta go back. We gotta get your priorities together, Corey. Gosh. Drew. Oh god. How does Santa take photos? How? With a pole or roid camera. Get it? I'm not even... the I, North Pole. I, oh, I get it. <laughs> the, me not laughing was my reaction. Here. Here's another one. What kind of motorbike does Santa ride? An icicle. What? No. What? <laughs> I don't know, Cor. What kind of motorcycle does he ride? A Holly Davidson. That was my icicle was so much better. No, it wasn't. <laughs> yes, it was. No, it wasn't. Um. You got a joke? Actually, what did the mm. investigator say to the snowman? Was that even supposed to be a plausible <laughs> response? No. <laughs> yeah. The investigator says, I see right through your laws. But actually made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it was that funny, to be honest. But okay. I think it that was actually pretty funny. Yeah. I'm a sucker for really bad pickup lines and stuff. So. 
anything super, super bad probably will make me laugh because, like I said, I'm a sucker for something that's a real bad pickup line. They work. <laughs> for me, at least. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first. <laughs> so listen, if you're an old man. <laughs> Quick, someone, get the news to Peter Capaldi. I have not talked about Peter Capaldi in the last two episodes of Friday Night Rewind. They were probably wondering, man, she must not love him anymore. <laughs> Not to worry, listeners. The love is there. All right, Drew. So you were about to tell us why you felt like the prep and landing. What now? You were saying something about like why you thought there's not a fifth one? My theory as to why the fifth one died. Because Uh, now when you think of wintertime and Disney, what do you think of? Frozen. Olaf. Yeah, And Frozen came out in about 2013, so I'd say they were working on it a little bit in around there. So if they were to mm-hmm. pitch, my first initial response would have been that they saw how popular Frozen was and they made that shift. But that kind of falls apart yeah. a little bit because if their timeline was right, then they would be already working on it before because Frozen didn't come out until 2013. And so this next one would theory- theoretically would come out 2012 if they go by the year yeah. thing. But yeah. I would say if they were like a little bit hesitant at all then they saw how big frozen hit and how good of a potential olaf was gonna be and that's where all the attention went in disney in terms of winter stuff because that's that's what they did yeah that's possible because like you said they would have been making it in 2011 and i think that's actually let me scroll the top of my notes here yeah allegedly in 2011 they were making another one. So in 2011, they were working on it. But you're right. They could have gotten paused or sidetracked because sometimes they come up with the stories for movies years in advance. And for all we know, they were working on Frozen and they decided, oh, this is going to take priority all hands on deck. And maybe properly and got pushed aside. And then, as I said earlier, in the last episode before, two episodes before, Stevie and Kevin made that Olaf's Frozen adventure short as mm-hmm. well. They probably got pulled from Prep and Landing specifically to do that, too, like you said. Just my theory, you know. But I haven't seen they've done anything together recently, which is why I'm saying petition for them to finish Prep and Landing. Make a strong fifth one, a final one. And how's that? How do you see that ending, Core, with the death of Wayne? What makes it final? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you killing Wade? I didn't say anybody had to die. How Why else is it going to end? With Wayne either leaving Prep and Landing or Lanny leaving Prep and Landing. But how's that the end? Then he'll just, okay, if, if Lanny leaves, then he just gets a new partner and then it's still alive. If Wayne leaves, then he fully passes the torch on to Lanny and then it's all about Lanny now. Just Wayne's gone. How do you end that's, it? Yeah. That's how you end it, though. Make it a beautiful no, mentor. You're ready to train others now. You know what I'm saying? It's been a couple of years at this point since they did these. So they could even have it be like years, years later where Lanny is much more competent because we're seeing Lanny's first two or three years, right? After so many years of it, you should be Wayne's level, right? He's been doing it for 227 years. So I'll just see you writing the script for them now. So I hope someone's taking notes. Yeah, how about I just write the script and then just post it and then see who wants to make it. <laughs> I said there was something else I was going to say. And it had to do with something we said in the first one. 
Let me go look, make sure I'm not forgetting it because I feel like I brought it up for half a second. I cannot remember the life of you guys. I was going to say, Drew. Wow. It must not have been important. All right. So to summarize this episode of Prep and Landing called Naughty or Nice into one sentence, it is about Wayne and his brother, who is a coal elf, having to work together to save Christmas from a child who has corrupted basically their database and is turning everyone onto the naughty list. That's the one sentence summary. The episode opens much like the very first episode of Prep and Landing with a classic Christmas song. And it's Frank Sinatra's Santa Claus is Coming to Town. No. Is that what it's called? Santa Claus is Coming to Town? Yeah. Santa Claus is Coming to Town. I haven't doubt myself for a minute. But it's Frank Sinatra's, which is a classic Christmas song because he's from, what, the 60s, the 50s? Who knows? Somebody knows. But I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> who knows that's not someone alive right now that could have answered that you know the one thing i love the most about doctor who <laughs> and i promise this is relevant before you're like what are you doing i promise this is relevant is whenever they go so far into the future that people have misinformation about how things were in the current time and they're yeah. always it's not that i thought this was like this because of this and everybody is no it's not like that at all like <laughs> but who knows when Frank Sinatra was around is like giving that kind of vibe for me <laughs> so it opens with classic Christmas fantastic we love it much like the first one and I feel like this one this episode is a lot like the first one I believe I said in the last episode that I think because the last episode didn't do super well they wanted to make it much more like the first one hoping that it would do better yeah. My mom personally loves this one the most. She thinks this one is the funniest, the most well-written, the most memorable. My mom loves this one, which is interesting because I love the first one the most. I also, oh, I remember what I was going to say earlier. I, whenever I remember the order they came in, I thought it was the first one, this one, and then the Operation Secret Santa one. I thought the third one was the one where they go into Santa's workshop. Mm. I didn't realize that was the middle one. I had no preconceived remember memories of any of them. So, so you had never seen this before when you were watching nope. it. Nope, never seen okay. it before. Remind uh, me had... at the end to ask you what you thought of it. Remind me at the end. Yes, my I only had three notes on it when I was watching it this time. Mm -hmm. I'll get, mm -hmm. I'll hit most of them are reactions. To moments, mm. I'll mention them. Two of them are. I'll mention them when we go to those moments. But the very first thing, as they were setting it up this time, I felt like you could tell, like, it felt more modern in that the problem itself, mm. like, the problem, yes, mm. in the first one, the, like, the gadgets and everything were modern. But the, the issue was still traditional Christmassy, like you, I think you said on the first one. Yeah. This one. I, my notes are this much just because that's what I'm studying, but it was very cybersecurity esque ness of it getting hacked, a hacker taking over database security, like that type of stuff. So I was here for that. I was most definitely here for that. Yes. And, it's much oh, more modern. As I said, it's like the database gets hacked. Yes. So. And also the 
animation of it like the two like it's only like a two-year difference really but like the animation of the 2010 one felt a little bit dated and this one felt a little bit really smoother to me yes i don't know what about it it wasn't like drastic it wasn't drastic but if i'd seen it i could see it being a few years down the line in terms of animation quality interesting the first one one screamed older to me not like scream not like hoodwinked type of animation or anything (laughs) yeah (laughs) but i could tell it was a little bit older and this one it may just because i was looking for it i thought it looked a little bit better Mm. so interesting i did not get that i thought they looked the same and i remember thinking wow they look the same that's interesting because i would have thought i would have thought they looked different it's only two years different so there wasn't yeah but like animation like technology just advances so quick and like Yes. Why are you laughing? Because you said animation, but you said Anna, and I thought, here we go about freaking Anne again. That callback to the first episode when I called Wayne Anne. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, this episode is also the longest in the series at 23 minutes, just Mm -hmm. so you know. The episode opens with the Frank Sinatra song and a view of a city. It's not clear what city we're in or where we're at. I would not think that we're in New York because of how dead it is outside. It's utterly silent, completely quiet. I feel like it might be a small town, but it looked like a pretty big city. But it really isn't super important where we are. All that matters is that you know that we're in a city with skyscrapers and that it's very nobody's out at night like there's nobody outside those are two very important things then we go to our house that we're going to go to and we see coal elves or the elves who work for the naughty list are the ones who drop down the chimney this time like the song says santa knows who's been naughty and who's been nice make it on the nice list and you can expect a visit from prep and landing but end up on the naughty list well, then get ready for a whole different crew. The Coal Elf Brigade. This is the house that we're going to spend most of our time in. They go into, they find bad grades. <laughs> I'm, that is so funny to me because, yes, bad grades are not good. Every child should get good grades. But I love how that's a qualification for the naughty list. <laughs> it's bad grades. What if that child has a learning disability? <laughs> We didn't see the weight that it carried. Maybe it's just a small knock. You could recover from it. Anyway, they also found candy on the couch, open, stuck to the couch, and crayon on the wall and everything. And then they have this little, it looks like a fruitcake device, which is cutesy, just like the other one. And it sends up a signal to their satellite, which, you know what I thought when I saw that this time when I watched it? I don't know that I thought this ever before. But if they have a physical satellite in space, Drew, you're going to tell me the fucking U.S. government doesn't know that shit's up there. They never said that. The U.S. government is in with the SN. The SN? What is the SN? Santa Network. What? Yes, it's cute, too, that they put a satellite and everything in there. But I was like, I don't know if that's realistic. Because if they're supposed to be a secret, you really think the U.S. government would not invade the North Pole and kidnap the elves and shit? Why is that face? <laughs> Why are they kidnapping the elves? Because the owls are not human. 
happen. They would be wanting to run experiments. So you're going soft out with this. I see. Okay. And if Santa's immortal, they would also be running experiments on him. Plot twist. That's what I'm saying. The, el- the elves have infiltrated all the governments. They're <laughs> filtering information. Yeah. They just think that satellite's part of something else. They don't realize that it's for the North Pole. Interesting. So anyway, it sends a signal up to the satellite and then back down to the North Pole where this giant database farm is for the naughty and nice list. And it's like the computer set out or layout in this warehouse is in the design of a bunch of Christmas trees, which is also very cute. And we see that essentially when all the information is submitted, by the coal elves that it gets checked a second time at this database by the elves there and they confirm or deny if yes this qualifies for naughty list for sure so it gets a double check which is good right we don't want to just automatically condemn children right <laughs> it goes with the lower core make the list check it does it twice. oh do not get that I didn't... No! oh my god <laughs> wow mind blown wow anyway so then they get the confirmation back like the coal elves get a confirmation back that says yes give coal and then it prints out a little like ribbon that says try harder next year and they tie it around the coal (laughs) and then give the coal into the stocking and then when they're done they leave right except not at this house this house the bad kid is like setting a trap because she wants to get the technology from the coal elves or she assumes is elves to try and infiltrate the database to get herself off of the naughty list at this time we don't actually know it's a little girl yet she's wearing like a mask and stuff and she is using a robotic dog to help her attack the elves and get their little device and I think all of that is very interesting because that implies that she, one, knows the technology the elves have, their resources, and what could not be stopped. Yeah. She knew that you can't make a robot sleep. So she needed something like that to get close to the elves to take the device from them. And it couldn't be her and it couldn't be any other living creature. So maybe she's been bad for a minute and maybe she's been trying to get off of the naughty list for a minute. Who knows? But it can't have been that long because they explain later why she's on the naughty list. So I don't know. I just think it's interesting that she knows what to do. She's just smart, Core. She's a smart cookie. She's a smart Christmas cookie. She is smart. She's very smart. So she takes this fruitcake and then we cut to the following year on December 22nd at 1400 hours. And we see McGee talking on the phone with a million other people like she always does. She has her Charlie Brown Christmas tree still in the back, but it still does not have any bristles on it from the two years ago or whatever when she killed it. Uh, I just thought that was funny that they continued to leave the the bristles off of it. She just keeps pouring her coffee in there. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) So she gets a phone call from the elf that works at this database. Okay, Mr. Thistleton, come on. T-minus three days. Give me some good news, baby. Happy to oblige, baby. I mean, McGee. 
course. Why did I say that? <laughs> Naughty and nice list servers are online, protective firewalls are in place, and we are processing behavioral data from around the world as we speak. It appears we may have a record number of nice children this year. I played that because I liked the fact that Mr. Thistleton's happy to oblige baby, and I was like, does he have a crush on her? Because then he gets real awkward, and I was like, why did they include that? I was genuinely trying to understand, like, when I rewatched this, I was like, what is happening? Why is that in there? <laughs> so anyways, I also think it's interesting that he says firewalls are up. Because that implies they're worried about needing protection. Any good network specialist does. You need to protect the network. <laughs> She's not hacking from outside the network. She gets a physical device and sh they should know that she got the physical device because that was last year. And the elves would have returned saying, hey, we lost our fruitcake. Clearly, there are some bugs in the system core. No cybersecurity setting is perfect. I don't know, man. So anyways, we see the process of how they finished packaging the products, the products, sorry, the toys, the gifts, and how all the elves are almost like assembly line. That's why I call it a product because I'm thinking, what? You've slipped into manager mode yourself. Right. Sorry. So they're packaging the toys, like wrapping them on an assembly line, sending them on conveyance, dropping them onto the bag that Santa's going to have on the back of his sleigh. And all of a sudden... While they're in the middle of doing this, everything stops, and for half of a second, they get, I guess, some sort of notification, because everything just stops for literally a second, and everything, like, goes red, and they see an image of this mask of the kid who sold a fruitcake from last year, and then everything turns back on again, and Mr. Thistleton has this very dramatic moment where he's like, somebody's been naughty. And he looks off <laughs> into the distance. <laughs> and I don't know. It was just a little cinematic. Like, it was cinematic. I don't yeah. know if they she plugged in the fruitcake at that moment or something. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Yeah, she connected to the network when that notification came. She up. waited. In, she waited until December second to do that. Yes. I would have been trying to do that all year long. She had to time it right because she knew as soon as she did it, they'd come after her. She had to be ready. Mm, that's true. That's true. Our story picks up with Wayne and Lanny, where they're all doing some shopping, except Wayne is buying himself, attempting to buy himself a new snowmobile. And Lanny has been shopping for all the people in his life because Lanny is just a sweet little guy like that. And Wayne is very low-key self-centered. Girl, <laughs> <laughs> do you still think that you're Wayne, because after that description, I feel like I am more self-centered than you and would therefore be Wayne. Again, I see elements of both, but I will live with Lanny. Also, giving the fact that, well, I can, no, I'll live with it. I'll live with it. I'll keep my, my, my comment for something for a later date. No, I want to hear this. No, you don't get to hear it yet. Why? It's classified information, Corp. We can't put you on the naughty list. You're going to forget about it. No, I won't forget about it. You promise. Promise. I swear to God, if you forget, I'm going to kill you. See, here you are. Maybe she is Wayne, everybody. making here making threats. <laughs> While they're out shopping, they get a notification on the little gingerbread, and they go, Cranberry Red, which doesn't sound like a very good deal name, but it's a code or whatever, and they have to go into work. Wayne has to leave the snowmobile, and he asks the guy, hold it for me. Don't sell it to anybody else. I'm going to come right back. 
and they get into what are those things called when you go skiing the thing ski that lift. takes you up a ski lift. A ski lift is that what it's called yeah so they're on what kind of almost looks like a ski lift except it's like Inclined. an ornament yeah yeah and it's not like a ski lift at all <laughs> i don't know how to describe it like it's an ornament on a string that's being moved around. Oh, there's a name for that. I rode one of those in Pennsylvania. The Alpine? Is that what they're called? I don't know. Anyway, Wayne, Lanny are inside of one of those with McGee now. And they have a... It's like FaceTime before FaceTime. What? <laughs> they have a little virtual Mr. Thistleton pop up that they can talk to like facetime before facetime first of all this is 2011 facetime existed no it didn't we need to google this google this secondly please a hologram is not (laughs) facetime i think it's the same thing google when did facetime come out June 24th, 2010. Bruh, you are getting by the edge of your teeth here. Okay, like the skin of your teeth. Barely had it right. See, this, that's how you look at it. I look at the fact that you were incorrect. You know what? Mark it up as a bad grade. You're going on the naughty list. <laughs> I think of it as my childhood. There was no FaceTime. There was no cell phone. That's what I associate with childhood. So maybe at this point in my life, I was no longer a child. Okay, we need to stop spending too much time on this hologram FaceTime issue. We need to move on with our lives. He tells them that the naughty child with a username of, and also, why does she have a username? Why would, anyway, whatever. So her thing is Jingle Smell 1337. But you know what they say, Cor? Jingle bell, Santa smells, can't get in this sleigh. You love that movie. God, I try not to think about what's upon a Christmas tree. I really do. I just like throwing quotes in your face. On this little call, he tells us that she has gotten a hold of the fruitcake, opened it up, put it into her computer, and is trying to hack into the naughty and nice list. And she's been trying to figure out the password. So I guess we can infer that little moment that I mentioned before where everything stops for half a second probably was her as you said plugging in for the first time and trying to figure out the password so they decide they need to send in somebody to stop her and it's again at this time we don't know it's a little girl yet we just know it's a bad kid and they ask lanny and wayne to do it and wayne has this moment where he's you want to know if the prep and landing guy will do it and he would be honored. <laughs> <laughs> and the cockiness he has, like, yes, I will save Christmas. I am the guy to do it. And then she's all Wayne. But we're going to send someone with you because you need help. <laughs> <laughs> and she drops them off in the cold district. Also, again, are you sure I'm not Wayne? Because the level of, like, cockiness that he has, I got it. <laughs> Fine, Corey. You can be Wayne. If you want it, you can go, You can have it. I need our number one fan is Madison, right? Madison, I need you to tell me who do you think Wayne is and who do you think Lanny is? Because this is going to bother me until I know. The poll was released. Yes, but like Madison can have the final say because she's our number one fan. 
Well, you hear that, listeners. Your goal in life is to compete with Madison if you want any power of influence <laughs> over this podcast. Oh, okay. So anyways, they get dropped off in the coal district and they walk into a bar, basically. <laughs> and it's rough and tough, which is interesting that they're associating coal elves with, for lack of a better word, the sketchy side. Coal elves are not as good, which is very interesting. But anyway... Maybe it's more of they're just supposed to be like bikers, hicks, or like bike, biker, biker thugs. That's what I took it as. Oh, I took it as backwoodsy Appalachia. Mm. Well, okay, so they walk into the bar, they go to the bar, they order a drink, and the bartender slips Lanny her number, by the way. <laughs> Don't be dropping some disrespect on my girl Carol's name like that. Her name is no, Carol. No, listen. I really hope they get together. I think that she would rock his world. <laughs> but anyways, where I'm going with this is the guy next to Wayne is reading a newspaper and it has elf of the year question mark. And he's, hey, buddy, that's going to be me. And the elf reading the newspaper is this old man who is, isn't your name Dwayne? Hey, guys, Dwayne from Preps and Landing is here. He's going to be the elf of the year. He's just giving very old man, backwoodsy Appalachia vibes. The crew <laughs> is not. <laughs> That's why I got that. So you think everyone else in that bar is biker? You tough guy. Yeah. Mm. Right as Wayne Dwayne, whatever, is telling everyone that he's going to be the elf of the year because he's going to save Christmas. And he's waiting on some sort of coal mine elf contact. None other than... A really big elf busts in on a brand new snowmobile. So snowmobile, snowmobile. In fact, the same one that Wayne was trying to buy. And everybody's no, oh my god, where like our hero, our main character. (laughs) I don't know, our favorite person. No. Oh, no. And he's, hey, everybody. Also, look at my new snowmobile. I just got it. And at this moment, Wayne realizes Noel is their contact. And Noel is his little brother. And we see that Wayne has some weird feelings about his little brother. And... That will continue on for the rest of this episode because that is like the main point of this episode. Noel announces to this entire bar that he's going to be one to save Christmas. And that old man Jenkins. <laughs> we love old man old Jenkins. Man old man Jenkins from Appalachia <laughs> called that called Wayne Dwayne. He's, I thought Dwayne was going to save Christmas. And then that's when Noel was like, tell me your brother and puts him in a chokehold and shit and everything. And Lanny, that's your brother? You guys are brothers? You guys don't seem alike at all, which, you know what? To be honest with you, I would never have thought they're brothers either. And that's probably why I have some issues, because they aren't alike at all. One of them is literally prepping landing, and one of them is coal mining. And I'm putting that like that because they've already established such a strong separation between the two of them. Like, the fact that the one side, as you called it, let's go with your theory, biker gang. That means Noel is biker gang. And then Wayne is white collar, lives in a suburb. (laughs) That's the contrast here, right? 
You're looking yes. at me like you don't agree no, with I'm, what I'm going I with. am. I do to a point. It plays into a theory like mine where they're just like different groups as opposed to different classes in society. Mm. Okay, so anywho, this is my probably one of my favorite moments, and I'm going to play it for you because I love it. And it is where they have now left this bar. They're on their way oh. to go to. Yes, I think my second line's coming up. Continue. Okay, it might be the same one. So Wayne and Noel are like walking with Lanny. And Noel is, I'm so excited to get to work with you again. This is going to be great. I've always wanted to work with you. And Wayne is not having it. For the reindeer, not exactly sociable. Whatever you do, say nothing. Hey, Bambi! I told you if I ever saw you again, I'd put your head on my wall. You hairy tub of cookie dough. Give me one good reason why I shouldn't destroy you. <laughs> Thanks, Noel. You're the best. Hey, this Friday, I'm having a little party. Turns out that Rasher and Noel know each other and they're like besties. Because dude is heard. He is fake insulting him. And then he offers him a candy cane. That, and that is where my Which second line like, came in. My second, my, probably my favorite line of the whole, this whole one was, hey, Bambi. Bambi. Yeah, me. I love that. And the fact that he can say that because this is Disney. That is their movie. They can do that. I love that. I absolutely mm. love that. I did too. That is arguably one of my favorite lines in this. My second favorite is about to come when right now they're in the pod with Thrasher and Lanny is listening to Noel tell all these stories. And basically brag about what his and Wayne's lives were like growing up as kids. There's this cute little flashback moment where they talk about like how they played superheroes and Noel was the sidekick to Wayne. Yeah. Now he was the little brother. He was the little brother. So that makes sense. Even though Noel was bigger, Noel was, you know, the sidekick. We love that, right? Because it's cute little brother esque cute little brother-esque and then there's like this toy like snowmobile that i want to say quote-unquote flies because you can shoot it at something and it like has a string that pulls it or something like that yeah and he's talking about how much they wanted it and then noel just doesn't really have a sense of what not to say like earlier he was like hey you've gained weight (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean like he doesn't know what not to say So then in this moment, he's like, man, it's too bad that Peterson got the last one. You cried and cried like a little baby. He's like, you little bitch. (laughs) And Wayne is, he was for half a second. Yeah, those were the good old days. Slightly coming around until Noel said that. And low-key, Noel is doing it to himself. Low-key. Because he's an adult now. He knows better. Not you older sibling biased coming in here saying (laughs) he was doing it to himself. He's an adult. He is. Like, when he was a kid, that's fine. But you're an adult. But also, my second favorite line, which is what I was trying to get to, was where Wayne is over it. And he's, hey, Thrasher, when are we going to be there? And he's, I'll let you know when we're there. Hey, Noel, we're over the drop zone. Go say Christmas, buddy. (laughs) And Wayne is, fucking Christ, what is my fucking life right now? He is so over that. He's like frostbites, roasted chestnuts. He is in his mind. You, You know he is. They're about to leave this pod thing. And... They are doing a check for all their supplies and they say parachutes and Lanny says check. And then 
Knowles, you guys still use parachutes? And Wayne is determined to be better than his little brother. Because Noel typically drops out without a parachute, he gets down there just fine and springs back to his feet. Wayne does not do that. So when he lands, he face plants. He instant death. <laughs> he also hits something on his way down because you hear him go bah, 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 when he, like, he hits something <laughs> out the building. And Lanny, the smart little kid that he is, uses his parachute and is watching Wayne and is, what the fuck is happening? Also, I just now I'm having this thought too. What is Lanny's perspective of Wayne? Because if he looks up to him and admires him, and the first time he meets him, Wayne is a, a prick and is, fuck Christmas, fuck them kids. You know what I mean? Yes, And then he's, true. oh, okay. Okay, yes. But then the next time he is like this episode, right? He's watching Wayne compete with his brother. He's probably, like, I don't know. It's just interesting because he idolized him for so long. He's seen his flaws. And I just want to know. We'll have him on. We'll have him on the pod. Lanny, if you're listening to this, Corey has some questions <laughs> he wants to ask you. They go into the house to start the retrieval, like retrieval, retrieval, is that the word? Retrieval of this fruitcake. And Wayne is let me take the lead on the prepping landing guy. And Noel is, yeah, but this is not a normal house. This is a naughty kid house like you don't have the knowledge of naughty kid houses like you don't understand what it's going to be like in here and wayne fuck off basically and walks over and sees an ornament on a string he doesn't see that it's on a string yet he sees an ornament and he's he picks it up because he's oh you wouldn't have noticed this you would have just stepped on it when he picks it up though as noel is like no don't touch that a ipod comes on starts blaring music and alerts the bad kid that some elves are in the house. And she's watching them on a camera and she sees them. So she has all these toys set up. Reminds me of Toy Story a little bit. Yes. I was going to say in a second when we see her again, when she's in her mask and it happened in the first scene too. Yes. She's really giving off Sid from Toy Story energy. Yeah, Loki. Also, I was telling my mom it would have been super cute because there's a whole bunch of toy stuff happening in this episode in particular in her room where she's using toys to help fight elves. It would have been super cute if there had been a Woody and toy. Yeah. Would that not have been the cutest? And yeah, they could have because it's Disney. Yeah, but then you'd have to make it like obvious that if it, it rather was or wasn't Woody, like since it's mm. animated. And like technically, I don't. Some people may take that as they're setting it up for it to be like Andy's or not Andy, Woody's new owner, and mm. all like it would have taken that whole thing. It had we, especially then, we were like, why isn't he moving? Because or if you make it obvious uh -huh. that it is him, you could see him like wink in the distance or something like that. Like you could go either way with it, but they'd have to fully commit to it and make it obvious so that there's no confusion. I think you're reading into this a little too much. Is that not what we're here to do? I suppose. These toys start attacking them. Lanny gets covered in those sticky darts. Are they called as darts? They're foam with one end that's like a suction cup or whatever. Nerf gun darts? Yes, Nerf gun. That's what I was thinking of. So they, <laughs> he gets covered in Nerf gun darts. And they try to start going upstairs. And she has set up a toy bunny on the staircase to stop them. And Wayne is like, I got this. I can handle a, a stuffed bunny. And it like draw kicks him in the face. <laughs> and Noel's, hey, 
<laughs> Wait, good job, Wayne. Way to block it with your face. Nobody attacks my little brother like that and destroys this bunny. Lanny, meanwhile, um, goes upstairs because he's trying to finish the job while Wayne and Noel are dealing with the bunny on the stairs. And he gets inside of the little kid's bedroom and we find out that it's a little girl here. He goes in there thinking that he sees her in the chair, by the way. And then she's actually behind the door, slams the door shut. So now Wayne and Noel are outside the room. Lanny's inside the room. He has the ornament ready to go because he's going to try and make her fall asleep. But it's, she's not there. He's still holding it. It goes off on him. Interestingly enough, it doesn't make him fall asleep outright. Something about elves are different that they don't just fall asleep. He gets sleepy. He gets really loopy. What? What? I'm sorry. Is someone reading a bit too deeply into this? <laughs> so we now see that it's a little girl. And here's the part that kills me. She's wearing princess pajamas. <laughs> Disney princess pajamas. Is, Make sure you have to say that. She's Disney. like, yeah, she's wearing Disney princess pajamas. And I just love that because like, she's the bad kid or whatever. And like, you think of like, like a Sid, like you brought up earlier, like she's giving Sid vibes. And then it's this little girl in a princess pajama set. <laughs> um, so also these elves must be very lightweight because she essentially tapes him to the wall with stickers. <laughs> so she has a whole bunch of stickers holding up Lanny to the wall. Like, seriously, they must be like two pounds. Also, what back a note on the little girl. Another reason why this reminded me of Bolt. She looks like the girl from Bolt. She does look like the girl from Bolt. I will give you that. She looks just, I th- when I was watching it, like, that was my first. So I was like, huh, I wonder if this is supposed to be, and obviously it wasn't, but like, it looks, she just looks just like her, but had to put that note in there. Noel and Wayne crawl through the vents to try and listen in. They're trying to find the right time to bust into the room because they can't get in through that door now because she has blocked it off and everything. Closed it, blocked it with stickers, tape, and her chair. And she is talking with Lanny, who is taped to the wall by these stickers. And she's telling him she's trying to get herself off the naughty list. And she wants him to help her. Okay, wait for my signal. Why would I help you get off the naughty list? Boy, that was a lot of sparkle. It's not fair. I'm not the naughty one. He is. A baby brother? Ever since he was born, Gabriel's messed up everything. Like one time I came home from school, he totally ripped up Miss Whiskers. She was my favorite. And when we went to the mall so I could ask Santa for a new one, Gabe just kept crying and crying and we had to leave. (sighs) Twelve months and two days since he was born, and no one's noticed me since. I need a better vantage point. Cover me. I didn't give this thing out. Don't you understand? That's why I need the password. You know what I need? A pizza! I'm starving. What is it? What is it? Maybe you just need to say the magic word. Magic word? Magic word. Of course, Nadia gets never used the magic word. What's my brother's name? Gabe. Yeah. What's her brother's name? Gabe. Did they? Did she say it? Oh. (laughs) Yes, she said Gabriel. My mom, the year this came out. Okay, keep in mind, how old was I in 2011? 13. My brother is nine years younger than me. How old would he have been? Four. At this time, 
in my life. First of all, being a single child for nine years. And then second of all, being a bratty teenager. I fucking hated my little brother. I've talked about that before where he would come and stand on the edge of my room. And I was like, get out of my room and have to slam the door in his face and everything. And I was just an utter brat to him. And he was just a little boy, right? My parents ate that shit up. They were like, Corey, that's you. It's Gabriel, that's you. And then she makes a comment. She says, like, I'm not the bad one. He is. Nobody has noticed me since he was born. And my parents were like, that's you. They looked at me and were like, Corey, do you relate? And I was like, shut the fuck up. Yes, I relate. (laughs) It was wild because her little brother is named Gabriel. And at that time, low-key felt the same way she did. There's Yo Corey in her Disney princess pajamas plotting the demise of naughty, uh, naughty yes. kids everywhere. I see, I had princess pajamas when I was a little kid. I don't think I had them at 13, but I had them. Um, I don't know. I had them. But I don't know how old I was when I had them. Lanny accidentally gives her the password to the naughty and nice lists which is please he says have you tried the magic word and she's oh of course you're right you're genius and meanwhile noel has slipped into the room because you heard like wayne is still in the vents and noel dropped in and he was like wait i didn't get the signal but he went ahead and dropped in and he's been under the bed where a couple of toys are in this scene this is where i thought just this image right here of noel Mm. under the bed do you see the mickey mouse yeah that is the moment where i was like they should have put a Woody doll because they already put a Mickey Mouse in there. But anyway, so she changes herself on this list to nice. But when she does it, it corrupts the whole entire database. Drew, as our cybersecurity guy. I don't know please... how that's working either. I don't understand. I was like, <laughs> unless the like the fruitcake she's using it's just out of date with the system. And when she logged in and actually successfully logged in, it messed everything up and started to spread. That's the only way I could justify it. Because I also was like, well, just because she logged in, she didn't do anything malicious. She didn't release a virus on there. The only thing no. I can think of is that it was just out of date with the system and it caused some fun stuff. So that's all I got for you. Though I will say, as a cybersecurity expert on site here, not necessarily because I don't have any, I haven't, I don't have any degree or anything yet. But please, audience, do not use "please" as your password to any of your important database <laughs> and documents. That has been your service announcement. I also recommend that the fruitcake. They she realizes Noel is behind her because she's celebrating that she's off the naughty list. Doesn't realize Noel is in the room. Then Wayne drops out of the vent. Noel is behind her and she's all shit. And the fruitcake quite literally goes out the window in a struggle. And a snowplow almost hits it, but Noel jumps out just in time, saves the fruitcake, and then calls McGee to say, hey, we've got the fruitcake. We're good. And she's like, oh, my God, you're their hero. You saved Christmas. And Wayne is pissed. Now, meanwhile, Thistleton has called McGee. We haven't heard this conversation yet, but he's calling McGee to basically tell her the database has been corrupt. And outside, Wayne and Noel are going to have a fight. Something wrong with you? I got to be honest. Um... I've been getting kind of a vibe over here. I'll tell you what's wrong with me. You! Me? What did I do? You take everything from me! And I'm sick of you showing me up! I'm sensing a lot of pent-up hostility, Wayne! Pent-up 
Hey, if this is about Dolores, I told you, I never saw the mistletoe. It's about Dolores, it's about the turbo, it's about all of it. But it's been so great being together on this mission. This mission is a disaster. I didn't want you along, I never wanted you along. I wish I never had a brother. I know you didn't mean that. Tell me you didn't mean it, Wayne. Tell me you didn't mean it. You know, ever since I was born, I looked up to you. You knew how to build a snow fort, skate backwards, write your name in the snow. You were my hero. You. Until now. Merry Christmas. Super sled. I love the fact that they were like, is this about Dolores? Who the fuck is Dolores? When did that happen? That's also not okay, Noel. What do you mean you didn't see the mistletoe? Didn't see it, my ass. <laughs> I don't know, Dolores. I don't know what happened. But I don't believe that story. He knew what he was doing. I fully believe it. It's giving Ian Summerholder and what's his fucking name? Paul Wesley. Vampire Diaries vibes. With, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> they have their little issue outside. And he tells him, take it back, whatever. He's not going to. And then he throws him his gift for the year. And that's when you hear Wayne say the super sled. Which is very cute that he got him the super sled for Christmas. He obviously had no way of knowing that Wayne was going to buy that new snowmobile when he bought it. He said that the salesman said some other guy said to hold it, but he didn't. So he just didn't know whose it was. I honestly would be inclined to believe that Noel wouldn't have bought it for himself had he known yeah. Wayne wanted it. I honestly think he might have been like, here, I bought this for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. But... Anyway, so Wayne attempts to apologize to Noel and they do make up, which is cute. And then I think at this moment, the little girl is starting to realize what it's like to really be a big sibling, which is also very cute. And I also love the way they did this because they paralleled the two sibling relationships exactly and gave a lesson through the older ones for the little girl to take with her. Like, I just like the way they did it. I thought it was very well done. Yes. So then they finally get the call from Thistleton and McGee saying, hey, our database is corrupt. Every child is going onto the naughty list. If you don't stop it, like from, if you don't reverse it, it will send every child onto the naughty list and it cannot be undone. Again, Drew, please tell me, I don't understand how it cannot be undone. What kind of database is this? This is it could be undone, but it wouldn't be undone in the time it takes before Christmas. Mm. So Christmas will be ruined. Because they'd have to go through and manually check whether someone's naughty or nice, which usually is taking up them up to a year to gather that information. So they yeah. wouldn't have been able to fix it before Christmas rolled out. So everyone would just get coal and no one would get their presents. I guess you're right. But I wasn't anyways. They in this city where no one is and they need it they, what they need is an antenna because the antenna is broken on the fruitcake now and they need a large enough one that's going to transmit to the satellite to reverse everything immediately right yes and 
that is where Wayne and Noel come into play as playing off of each other and getting to the top of the skyscraper. And the little girl helps them get to the skyscraper. She repairs the fruitcake as much as she can in the process on the way over there. And there's no one in the city. And I'm stressing that because, in theory, it's safe for her to be alone out at night. But my first thought when I watched this was, like, where the fuck are her parents? First of all, why did they not wake up to the iPod and the noise from the toys? And then the fact that she left the house, went out on the porch, and then left the house, ran into the city. Where are the adults? Like, how does nobody know what's happening right now? You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I'm just not. That was my first question watching this. Yeah, it didn't even cross my mind. The adults didn't, to be honest. Seriously? Yeah, didn't flag it at all. Okay, they ended up getting to the top of the tower, and they realized that they can't get a good aim to put it up there. So they've been doing this thing where, like, they're playing off of, like, their childhood games and stuff on the way up. And then he says, holiday hug, and tackles Noel off the side of the tower, but then hits his parachute so that they float up. And then they're able to put the fruitcake on the top of the tower. It gets signal and it reverses the mess. And then they save the day together. Real cute. <laughs> and then there is a tiny little scene that I want to play real quick. Just because I played the one from earlier with Mr. Thistleton and McGee. 96%. 94. Levels returning to normal, baby. Come here, nerd. What happened to Tiny? That was my third note. I it all caps in my notes. What about Tiny? Poor Tiny is just watching her cheat on him with Thistleton. <laughs> or Tiny, maybe Tiny was I can't do this anymore. You're my boss. It's not appropriate. I don't know. Who knows? All I know is that she fucking kissed Thistleton. Um, yeah. So they end up deciding that she apologizes for being naughty. I think she had a good growth moment, and they end up deciding that she should be on the the good list this year and she does get presents and she gets a new one of those little like miss mrs whiskers or whatever it's called a little toy cat and she's like all happy and stuff with her brother and i feel like it was a good gross moment for her then they have wayne and noel get to accept elf of the year together at the little ceremony for elf of the year which we've never seen before so i think it's really interesting that that's a part of the process that we've just never seen. Usually it's just been like gift giving and shit, but I don't know. Anyway, so then the episode ends and there's a couple cutesy little things in the credits. The old man reading the newspaper, seeing Noel and Wayne together as the Elf of the Year. And then we see Carol singing in the bar. They should have had Carol and Lanny meeting under the mistletoe. That would have been chef's kiss. And that is the end of our prep and landing. What did you think, Drew? I must say, I like the third one. I think I might be in the same team as your mom. I like their third one a lot. The first one's good, but it's, yeah. I think, three, two, th- three, three, one, two. That's yeah. my ranking. I'm not going to be like, I can understand it. I think the first one is my favorite because it was just so like, that is the epitome of nostalgia. Like, I just remember it so clearly sitting on the couch. And I remember like... Everything for me nowadays is about what I remember about my dad, I guess. But I remember watching it and my dad being there. And I remember my dad being like, he liked it a lot. And so I guess it's also probably part of why I like that one so much. With this one, I remember my mom liking this a lot. And she, as soon as the first time the little girl said, Gabriel came along and ruined everything. She was like, Gabriel? And then looks at me. And I was like, shut the 
fuck up. Like, I was so pissed. I was like, why does this always happen? It always happens that my parents look at me when the little girl is being a bitch to her little brother. And it just so happened that his name is Gabriel. So anyways. What a yeah, victim re- you are, Corey Severin. Oh, woe is you. <laughs> I am the victim. <laughs> the victim of life. But... Yeah, I can agree that this one is very strong. And I like the storyline and the moral and the lesson. And I like the way it's done. I just think for me, maybe it's more of a nostalgic thing that I like the first one better. But I would, I could be swayed probably to like the final one better. The writing in the third one is very strong. You hinted at it before too. But the way they wrote it, I feel like it has layers. Yes, <laughs> and this serious one, layers. That, the other ones don't. Yes, I agree. I think that, yeah. So what would you rate it? Eight or nine. Again, just like the first one. Like I said, it's, t- it's up there with the first one again. If you think this is better than the first one, why are you not rating it higher than the first one? Because oh, I refuse to give it a 10 out of 10. But We'll give it like a nine and a half. <laughs> well, I said 9.5 then. That's fine. <laughs> I couldn't give it a seven because I gave Tiny's Little Adventures a seven. So it can't, it's not as good as that. Or that's not as good as this. So yeah. it has to go higher. So, yeah. 9.5. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Sure. <laughs> what is your ranking, Corey? A nine or an eight. Oh, I'm gonna say an eight and a half. That's or an eight point seven. <laughs> eight point seven. <laughs> I think that's my answer. And with that, that closes out our Friday Night Rewind bonus series where we looked at prep and landing. More or less an excuse for Corey to get us all on her side on why on her big sibling little sibling trauma that she's got in her past out here and my main character i am the main character train yes thank you wayne (laughs) um but join us for our final episode next week of this season and this year catch you on the next friday night rewind